coming to you from the Dietitians and Nutrition Support Dietetic Practice Group. This is the DNS Member Podcast, where we explore topics relevant to our field. From support line content to nutrition celebrity interviews and everything in between, this podcast is where DNS members can go behind the scenes and explore the driving forces behind cutting-edge nutrition support. I'm your host, Christina Rollins. Let's get started. Welcome back to the DNS podcast. Today, we will be discussing professional advancement across all career stages with registered dietitian nutritionist and human resources professional, Lisa Abbey. Lisa is a talent acquisition manager with Compass Group, where she oversees a team of 10 recruiters all across the U.S. recruiting for key operations leadership and dietitian positions for Compass Group USA, supporting Morrison Healthcare Food Services. She also has experience as a regional director of operations, is a commissioner with the Commission on Dietetic Registration, and is very active in a variety of professional organizations, including service as past president for the Memphis American Society for Parental and Enteral Nutrition, and a current appointee to the Academy's Council on Future Practice. Lisa is a graduate of Mississippi State University for Dietetics, as well as the University of Memphis, where she recently earned her Master's of Business Administration. She's passionate about hiring the right talent for the right positions, and I am so very grateful for this opportunity to chat today and learn about how dietitians can advance our careers and continue to build on the brand of a dietitian as the nutrition expert in healthcare. Lisa, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Christina. Thank you for having me, and thank you, DNS, for having me as well. I'm super excited to be here with you today. So I wanted to start our conversation by learning more about your own career path and how you grew into the role of a talent acquisition manager. So, Christina, what's so very interesting is, you know, you think back on your career and you think back, you know, especially when you're a student on you know, really, what did you want to be when you grow up? I think that's all, you know, what we intend to do. So what's so very interesting is I started in clinical nutrition, I actually was very, very active, you know, as you mentioned, I was past, or I am past president of the Memphis um, Aspen Society. I was very passionate about nutrition support, loved it, loved everything about it moved into diabetes, loved everything about that. And then, you know, came the opportunity of food service. And I will tell you, I, I love that more than anything, uh, you know, just because I could be that mentor, I could train, develop, you know, many individuals across the spectrum. As you mentioned, I was a regional director of operations. I was traveling quite a bit. My husband and I at the time had two teenage girls and you know, I had been doing that role for about four years and realized, you know, this is time when I need to be at home. So strangely enough, I did not plan to land in talent acquisition. Uh, you know, after my husband and I talked, we, you know, talked about, you know, what, what could I do? What could I do in Memphis? 
And lo and behold, opened up my computer and started searching on our company's website and a dietitian recruiter position uh, was posted. And I will tell you, it was really by luck, by chance, whatever you want to call it. But I, you know, really thought, oh, my gosh, this is really what I need to do at this time in my career. And I jumped on it. And I think from the time I applied to the time I was offered the position, it was about two weeks. And I will tell you, I've been in this role for six years now in talent acquisition. And I love everything about it and love, you know, finding that right career, really even just helping someone with their resume. It's been a true delight. And I think it's it's interesting that you, you know, when you were looking for an alternative position, you know, you said you opened your computer. So I remember, you know, back when, you know, I was in college, you know, starting to look for my first job. I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my dad and I was flipping through the local (laughs) newspaper, looking, looking at the one ads. And that's actually how I found my first job in dietetics. You know, the local hospital had like a quarter page ad in the newspaper and it listed that they were looking for a dietitian. Uh, but obviously, a lot of things have changed since then, and we're, we're not we're not looking at the newspapers anymore. So, what do you think is the best approach for dietitians who are looking for these clinical positions? Yeah, so that's a great question. I always start off with you know search some niche sites, uh, you know that may only post dietitian roles. So I'll give you a couple of you know groups and. Uh, websites that you can search. Number one is nutritionjobs.com. Doesn't have all the roles, of course, that are open, but it definitely does post registered dietitian openings and has a plethora of openings every single day. A Facebook group that I love and I see people ask all the time, you know, looking for jobs is Build Up Dietitians Job and Career Advice. That's on Facebook. These are just a few, and again, definitely not all of them. There are so many niche sites to join, so many groups to join. Join whichever one meets you where you are in your job job search. I always tell, you know, individuals like dietitians, search Indeed and Glassdoor for specific roles, really to find out about the company you're interested in working for. I strongly recommend that everyone views Glassdoor. You'll find employee reviews, which may have past and current reviews. You'll find company ratings. You'll find benefit and interview questions. This is what people are saying about the company they work for. So, you know, that will give you a good indication. Do you really want to work for that company? Then another thing I recommend for candidates, search websites or corporations of companies that you're interested in joining. Not all companies utilize the big, what I call the big three, which are Indeed, Monster, or Glassdoor to post their jobs. You know, they may only post on their company website. So let's say you're living in Memphis, Tennessee, and you want to look for a role uh, at a local hospital. Definitely check out that hospital website. You may not see that role except on that website. Most of your large organizations, once they post on their career site, it then goes out to, you know, hundreds of other websites. 
So no need for you to search, you know, every single site, Indeed, Monster, Glassdoor, just find one that works for you, find one, you know, that you're comfortable with and sign up for it. I always start a search, and I think this is key, you know, when you're looking for the next role, search by the word dietitian. So if you've gone to Indeed and you're looking for a job, search for dietitian or registered dietitian. Then once you find those jobs, narrow your search. So if you're looking for a nutrition support type role, type that in, type in the credentials, you know, that will help narrow your search, but always start with dietitian or registered dietitian. And what about the dietitians who are not, not necessarily looking to leave their current employer or they're, they're not necessarily wanting to leave the bedside and move into a different you know, subsection of dietetics, but they still want to advance their career. What can those individuals do? Yeah, so, I, you know, I had to, you know, think about, you know, how, how can someone really, you know, elevate themselves? They may want to stay at the same hospital, but they may just want to change like myself. They want to change different avenues. So, you know, what I love about this is this can apply to every dietitian, every dietitian, you know, that's out there today. Um, you know, in your current role, just be eager, open to take on any new responsibilities while you're in your current role. Let people know that you want, want more responsibility. Take on new projects, be the strategic lead maybe for a project. Enroll in leadership programs. You know, if you're hospital or your organization has a leadership program or maybe a lead program, whatever it may be, get involved, you know, let people know that you're interested and that you're interested in different roles. That is quite all right. And that is really how we grow as individuals. And I think another avenue that is available in, in a lot of hospitals is a clinical ladder program. So like you said, you can kind of take on additional responsibility and build your resume without making, you know, a big move, you know, leaving the, leaving the company or leaving the city. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So once a dietitian has made the decision to start applying for these positions, what can we do to make ourselves, you know, on paper, a more viable candidate so that we get that interview and we get that initial consideration? Yeah, I always love this question because, you know, it is, it's just that one that everyone can hone in on. And I've got a few key points here. Number one, acquire new skills. I call them trades. You know, you can call them tools on your tool, tool belt, whatever you want to call them, but acquire new skills. Demonstrate your soft skills, which would include teamwork, problem solving, conflict resolution, everything that an employer is looking for. And the great thing is most dietitians exhibit those soft skills anyway. Become an active dietitian in a professional organization does not mean that you have to take on that head leadership role, but become active. You know, it, give your advice, you know, 
mentor students, whatever it may be, but just be active in that organization. Can be your local Aspen chapter if you have one or your local Ann chapter. You can also find some other nonprofits to join. You know, a couple of years ago, I was very active in the American Heart Association. Right now, I sit on two non-dietitian boards locally. So there are things that we can do as dietitians to make sure that we're more viable. Volunteer. And, you know, one thing that I always stress, ensure your resume, you know, not only meets, you know, I would say the minimum expectation, but have numbers show data on your resume. So I, you know, thought of an example, you know, you reduce the parental nutrition use by X percent when collaborating with hospital nutrition support team. That's a great way to show that you have not only done something, but you've provided outcomes. How many dietitians do you oversee? Again, use data. It's not just for your day in and day out job. It's definitely for your resume as well. And how do, you know, other, you know, larger scale projects like, or, you know, getting a grant to do some local research or writing an article or, you know, a book chapter, how does that play into your viability as a candidate? Oh, I think that's great. You know, I, I always share that, you know, if you are doing extra, I call them extracurricular activities, whatever that may be, writing a journal article, doing presentations, that shows that you are not only engaged within the current work that you're doing, but outside of your organization, you are providing back to those that need that information. So again, you may not be using it for, you know, the next career or, you know, whatever it may be looking for a new job. But again, you know, when you do look for that job, you want to make sure you have those things, um, you know, to, to, I guess, enhance what you're currently doing in your day in and day out role. And let's switch gears a little bit. And I, I want to pick your brain about social media. So, you know, I'll disclose that I actually follow you on LinkedIn. And <laughs> I have to say that you, know, you have a really fantastic presence, right? Like you post a lot, you give really meaningful content, and you really give something for other people in your feed to, you know, hone in on and learn from. So kudos to you. Um, but how important is building and maintaining a strong social media presence when you are applying for these jobs? Yeah, I don't know that it's truly you have to have a social media presence, you know, for a clinical dietitian role. But I do say that if you are, you know, wanting to set yourself I would say, separate yourself from an individual, you know, make sure that you do have some sort of online presence. And I thought of a couple of do's that may help some of you that, you know, are starting. Uh, you can definitely look at my LinkedIn profile, connect with me, because I, I always tell individuals and not just dietitians, but other, you know, TA managers, but also recruiters, you don't really have to start with creating your own content. What's great about social media is you can find a post, let's say a post from a local organization that you believe in, you wanna put your name behind it, start sharing those things, start sharing some comments, 
that is really how you start to build that social media presence. And then once you get to that point, you can start building your own content. What I love about large organizations is usually you will find that someone is creating that content for you. So a lot, you know, a lot of people that are posting on social media, they may have someone creating that content, but you may have to do it. And if you do, just lean on someone that has a great presence out there. So here are some do's. Create an online presence that is professional. That's, you know, number one. Be consistent with the information you um, post. If you're on LinkedIn, you know, and you're wanting to, you know, enhance your LinkedIn profile, make sure that your resume and your LinkedIn profile are, I wouldn't say exact, but make sure that they do link up. Make sure, you know, that whatever position you are in, that it's, a, you know, the same as what you have on your resume. Network before you need it. I, I think I, I love this one. It's always great to network through di different social media platforms. I network a lot because just in my role in talent, I network every single day in LinkedIn. Not to say that everyone needs to do that, but you do need, you know, whatever platform you find, make sure that you are engaging and engaging often. There are a couple of roles where, you know, I think as a dietitian, it would be very beneficial to have a very robust and meaningful social media presence. And a couple of those are, you know, if you're applying to a marketing type role, you're applying to a web designer role, you know, something within that realm of marketing, uh, you know, social media, whatever it may be, I can see where, you know, you would need to have a social media presence. Companies may say, you know, if you're applying for these types of roles, provide me with two web content, uh, you know, blogs that you made or provide me with two social media posts that you created, launched. And what is that reach? So, again, you know, it may not be for your next dietitian role or your next nutrition support role. But again, if you're applying to some of those other roles, you may need to have that information. And then. I always recommend this, you know, for social media, and I do this often, search your name and see what's out there. If there is anything out there that you don't like or you don't want someone to see, make sure you go to wherever you found it. If it's Facebook, edit your settings. If it's Instagram, edit your settings. If it's LinkedIn, same thing. So make sure that you are searching yourself because others will do the same, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, looking for you as a candidate or looking for you to speak at a next conference. So just make sure you search your name and see what's out there. And what about specifically on LinkedIn? You know, we have these endorsements where somebody can endorse you in public speaking or management or whatever the case may be. Are recruiters looking for people who have been endorsed or is that kind of more fluff on the on the on the social media platform that's a great question it's more fluff i would say that recruiters not 
are not specifically saying, okay, Christina, let me see, you know, what you're endorsed for. You know, we can review a resume, we can talk to you, we can interview, and we can find out what those endorsements really are. You know, that's, I, I call them fluff, but again, a lot of people like to have that. You'll go to my LinkedIn page and you can see, you know, tons of endorsements. But again, it's not required and it's not something, you know, that recruiters are looking for. So thinking ahead in the, you know, say next five or 10 years, where do you anticipate the largest growth in demand for dietitians? So I think this is, you know, the ever ending what if, and, you know, what if X happens, what will happen in five to 10 years? I will tell you, you know, and when I do presentations on, you know, dietitian career path or taking that next step, I always talk about the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. If you look today, um, in 10 years, they're projecting between 2019, which would have been two years ago, to 2029, they're estimating an 8% increase in job outlook for registered dietitians across the U.S., which is wonderful because I will tell you it is much higher than some other allied professionals. A lot of growth that I see, and again, this is a what if, is going to be in the senior population, the aging population, which, you know, I'm soon, you know, going to be in that population where it will demand more registered dietitians. What I also see, and, you know, could this be that it was a post-COVID or you know, a COVID and it needed to happen, but we're going to start to see more and more telehealth. You know, just the other day, I heard a ad for Kroger and Kroger is now, you know, having telehealth visits with registered dietitians. I don't think that is, you know, abnormal. We're going to start to see a lot of that. Um, so if you're interested in telehealth or you know a company that is, you know, just starting with telehealth, I will tell you that is going to be something that we're going to see explode. Um, I'm super excited about that because it really just, you know, it helps our dietitians then touch the communities and the populations that they need to. And I think if we if we connect the dots back to the nutrition support professional, you know, there is this, you know, sense of urgency to get people out of the hospital sooner, which means people may be going home on nutrition support, or it may be a chronic situation where they're actually starting nutrition support at home. So using those avenues like you know, like you said, the, the telemedicine visits to do those assessments and follow up, I think is going to be really critical as we move forward post COVID. Yeah, I do too. And you know, I've, I've had a couple of health things happen, I would say since COVID, which has been very interesting, because um, I don't go to the doctor very often. Uh, but all of my doctor visits have been, uh, you know, by telehealth. And it's great because I can, you know, sit here, do my telehealth visit and not have to leave the house. And it takes, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, whereas before it may have taken, you know, two to three hours of my time. So I see that in every aspect of medicine, we are going to see it just explode. Yeah, I agree with that. So I wanted to get your thoughts next on salary. And, you know, I know this, this is, 
always going to be a hot topic in, you know, in I think any profession, but what can we do as dietitians to maximize our salary potential? That is always a great question. I get that question almost daily from dietitians, you know, nutrition professionals, whatever it may be. I always say, do your research, do your research for the job you are applying to, you know, what is a similar type role pay in a similar city? I always say, do your research. You may have to ask questions and review the and salary calculator that is available for those and members. I strongly encourage people to use that. You know, one other thing that you can do is, you know, if you are having a conversation with a recruiter, be open and honest. You know, if you are looking for a CNSC role and, you know, you're looking, let's say, for $70,000, i will use that as an example. Be open with the recruiter. You know, if that's really what you need, you know, for the city that you live in and the city, you know, that you want to be in, be open. It is okay to walk away, you know, even before you interview, if they come back and say, no, you know, it's only going to pay 60,000. If that happens, be okay to walk away. You know, it, it truly is okay. So be open, be honest, and have those conversations early with your recruiters um, that you're working with, with any company. Um, you know, I also tell candidates, be mindful because you may search online and you may say, you know, salary for a nutrition support dietitian in, uh, I'll use Meridian. I'm from Meridian, Mississippi. So you may use that as your search criteria and something may pop up. I don't know if it will or not, but if it does, just be mindful that if you get any salary information, it more than likely will contain salaries from those entry-level dietitians for the role you're looking for, but also what I call experienced dietitians. You know, it may have the 10 to 15, it may have the 20 to 25 year, it may have the 40 year. So be mindful that that is truly just a range based on everyone's experience. That may not actually be what the job in that area is paying. So be mindful of that and, you know, always ask questions and reach out to, you know, your professional friends that, you know, you may be able to ask those questions of. It is quite, quite okay to ask questions. And what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the extra benefits that aren't captured in that dollar? Like, education, reimbursement, paid time off, et cetera. Yep. Always ask that up front as well. You know, there are a lot of organizations these days that, you know, do not cover licensure, you know, your credential or, you know, even some CEUs ask those questions. And again, it's okay to walk away. If you, you know, are coming from a role where let's say you get $500 a year, I'll use that as an example, and you're, you know, moving to a new role or applying to a new role that, you know, may not have that, it's okay to walk away. Ask the questions about PTO. What I will tell you is most companies cannot veer off their PTO policy. It is, you know, it is what it is. And I usually tell candidates that, that, you know, if you are moving to a corporation or to a hospital, 
it's usually set in stone. Um, so be mindful of that. You know, the one thing, you know, you do want to make sure is that you are looking at like for like. And, you know, I, I do the same every year. I say, okay, here is what my salary is. Here's what I'm paying for benefits. Here are all the extra things that I get. You know, does it include a computer? Does it include, a, you know, a phone? You know, all those things that may add up if you have all of those currently paid for. So again, just be mindful and ask those questions up front. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I think it's hard for some people to, you know, speak up and ask those questions. You know, I think we all, we all, we all want to assume that they're going to make us the best offer, but you, you certainly have to ask questions and really understand what you're, what you're walking into. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to add is, you know, recruiters are there to help find the right candidate for the right role. So if you've been offered the role and, you know, you need to counter or whatever it may be, the recruiters are there to do it on your behalf, may not always come back, you know, with the salary that you're looking for or some additional, you know, lost things that you're looking for. But don't hesitate. Recruiters understand that's what we do. And we're help, we're there to not only help our hiring managers fill the roles, but also find the best candidate. So my last question is, what advice would you give our listeners who are, you know, considering a job change or they are actively seeking employment? So I had to do a little bit of thinking on this one because I think this is just a wonderful question. I'm actually going to add this to something I do on social media. I think it's just great. You know, the first thing, start with your why. You know, why are you looking to make that job change? Answer that first. If you don't know the answer to that, then it's probably not the right time for you to start looking. Get clear on what the what is. You know, what does this career change look like? And what does it not look like for you? You know, I think you have to answer those two things before you do anything else. Make an action plan. You know, what roles are you interested in? Maybe what cities are you interested in? You know, start with a couple of things. You know, write down that action plan. Dietitians love little checklists. So uh, this will be very easy for everyone. You may have to shift your brand, and I will tell you that's really okay. It's okay to shift, you know, what your career path was leading you into. You know, I think I have really had any type of role as a dietitian that you could probably have, and I've loved every single one of them. So again, you know, with all the different roles, I had to shift my brand and shift what my why and what my what was. Look at the strengths and build upon those. Always key, you know, if you're looking for, or let's say you're right now in a dietitian role um, and you're wanting to get into a niche nutrition support role, let's say in the NICU, you know, what are your strengths that would make you the best candidate for that NICU uh, nutrition support role? I love this. Someone recently told me, mobilize your possible posse. All it means, mobilize your network, you know, start networking, you know, let people know that you are looking, you know, ask your friends, ask your confidence um, or your confidants and make sure, you know, because they are going to be the ones that say, oh my gosh, Christina, I know you're looking and I found the perfect role for you. And they're going to send you those roles that they see. 
And then lastly, find your mentor. You know, um, I know DNS has a mentoring program. Uh, I know the Academy does as well. Find the mentor. I have been very blessed to have many mentors throughout my career, still have many to this day. Um, but find a mentor that can really aid you, provide you support, you know, as you look for this career change. I appreciate that advice. I think that's really, really helpful. And I would encourage our listeners, if you are looking to volunteer, to build your resume, to start creating that professional network or expand upon the network you already have, be sure that you do check out the DNS website. Uh, We have a lot of opportunities that are posted and will continue to be posted there. So definitely check it out if you're interested. Um, So with that, Lisa, I think we will conclude today's podcast. Um, I really, really do appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today and, um, you know, look forward to all of your amazing posts and whatnot on social media, because I think you do provide a ton of really great information. So thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you again for inviting me. Thank you to all that are listening. You know, if you do want to connect with me on LinkedIn, please do. I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone may have. You know, if you need have a resume question, you have a question about a role, you know, that you may be interested in, please reach out. I am always available and happy to offer myself to anyone. So thank you, Christina. And thank you, DNS. Appreciate you asking me. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa. And listeners, thank you again for joining. Until next time, I'm Christina Rollins.